the number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, Autobotulinum Toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Sans Pants Radio, equal parts lit and woke. Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies. I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show yeah. is absolutely yeah. incredible or anime yeah, and under this sure. mask is another mask <laughs> you can discover your new favorites right here on the anime effect listen every friday wherever you get your podcast and watch full video episodes on crunchyroll or on the crunchyroll youtube channel when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Hey everyone, Inia presents Plumbing the Death Star UK Tour with Adam News. So, most shows have sold out, but there's still a couple of spots available for the Edinburgh Matinee Show, and we've opened up more seats for the Birmingham gig. Just head to sanspantsradio.com slash live to grab your tickets before they're gone. We're still waiting on a few more venues to get back to us, so follow us on Facebook and Twitter for the most up-to-date information. Or consider heading to sanspansplus.com and becoming a member today. You'll be the very first to hear of any news regarding future live shows, get 10% off any live show tickets, and access to a bunch of exclusive content, forums, and even a Discord. That's sanspansplus.com. Welcome to another episode of Movie Maintenance. I'm Gabe. I'm Sean. I'm Michael. I'm Adam. Who are our guests today um, for a very specific reason, because today we're talking about how to get a film made in Australia. How do you get a film made in Australia? I have no idea. I've got to be honest, I don't watch a heap of Australian films. And a lot of my friends are probably the same. If an Australian film comes out in the cinema, it's kind of not like, oh, let's go see that one. I'm more interested in whatever The Rock's doing. Yeah, realistically, yeah. Oh, he's not um, doing Australian films? I really want not him to. Point, no. Like, We've got to get him down here. He'd love to film something down here, wouldn't As he? Like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've seen, I've definitely seen Australian films that I really like, but I, I remember like something, something that really stuck with me was when we were at the Victorian College of the Arts, and I think it was at the time when there was talk of Tony Abbott cutting arts funding, and one of the girls in our class asked the head of our course, he was like, oh, well, you know, what do you, what do you think of that? And he was like, good. 
And she was like really taken aback. She was like, what do you mean? And he goes, you do realize like most Australian films are funded by the government, which means you give them a script that could be like perfectly polished, really good. And they'll be like, yeah, yeah, cool. But like, you know, where's the, where's the indigenous story? Where's this, where's this, where's this, where's this, which you know is admirable, but like not necessarily suits every film. Yep. And so he, his take ultimately was, you know, I would rather the films were funded by business people who look for the best possible product than by government bodies who are looking to push some kind of social agenda. And his take was that so much of Australian film is what he called suburban misery porn, where it's like either that or it's outback comedies that are essentially extended tourism ads. Like even something like Reuben Guthrie, which came out last year or the year before, which is a film about alcoholism, but like a comedy about alcoholism was based on a play by Brendan Cowell. I saw that play and I thought it was one of the best things I'd ever seen. Like I thought it was incredibly powerful, really stuck with me, really got like a really visceral reaction out of me. I saw the movie and what they'd done was that they'd toned down all the rougher, edgier parts of it, but they'd amped up all the big, beautiful, sweeping shots of Sydney, yeah. all of that stuff, as much as possible to like glorify the city. Same as um, Any Questions for Ben, which was ostensibly kind of- That was know, in a, Melbourne, right? That was in Melbourne, yeah. It's it was basically like it was, a tourist thing. Like they try and oh, put as much stuff in there. If you yeah. took away the sweeping shots of Melbourne out of that film, it would be 10 minutes long. Yeah. But like, that's the the funding bodies really want you to do that. Yeah. Like they push very hard for that. If you make a film about the Northern Territory or something like Perfect, show us like, or even like Central Australia, they just want oh, all that dog. scenery. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it feels like that's kind of, there's there's this real binary of like Australian films are either these huge tourism ads and those seem to be the ones that get like a lot of attention or they're like these really small, really depressing, you know, suburban misery porn or yeah, outback misery Shot porn. in a kitchen and in a house. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because it's... It seems like you can't really afford to sort of go outside of that. But I'm um, going over to you guys. So yeah. you guys have made a feature film that's in the post-production uh, phase stage at the moment. Yeah, we have, yeah. And it is not like the majority of other Australian films. So if you want to kind of tell us a bit about that. Well, um, I guess for us, we started with a film that we would want to see. And I think that's where all the best, uh, you know, when it comes to creating things, you always want to start with what you would want to go to as an audience member. So we're now in post-production on the film Space Time, which is a big, fun science fiction adventure film, which kind of does all the things you're not meant to do in an <laughs> independent production. Um, and I think there are quite a few things that we do that aren't typical of Australian films either. Certainly the old Australian films. Like, like I think it is kind of starting to change. I think there is this shift that's about to come that there yeah, yeah. i think whenever you have that whenever whenever there are audiences out there who see a gap in what they want to see there's always ha always has to be a response to that and that's kind of what's coming and i, I think we're sort of in that group and yeah ho hopefully things are going to be changing hopefully yeah yeah, I mean, because I do, I, I feel a lot like some of the Australian films I've seen, like I went through a stage a couple of years ago where Cinema Nova on Ligon Street were doing, every film was six bucks. Yeah. And so I would go there every Monday, first thing in the morning, and I would just see the first thing that was on. When I walked out, I would see the next thing that was on and the next thing that was mm -hmm. on. And consequently, I would just end up seeing a lot of films I never would have watched otherwise. One of the films I saw at the time was a little Aussie film called The Infinite Man. I don't know if you're familiar with no. it. Um, no, no. Really, so funny really before when you were like, oh, we don't see many Australian films. And I'm, I'm in my head thinking, oh, that's a shame. And you've now mentioned three of them. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I, missed, I missed that one. Oh. Yeah, no, um, Infinite Man was great. It was like, it was this, it was a time travel comedy. Yeah. And it was made for maybe $5. Oh, like, I've seen the trailer for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's basically the premise. Of, it's, it's so, so good. It's about this guy who's like a scientist and he kind of neglects his girlfriend and she's sort of a bit pissed off about this. And so basically he tries to take away for this romantic weekend, but because he's so pedantic, he basically desperately wants to replicate this romantic weekend they had a year ago. And it's in this resort out in the desert. And they just had this perfect weekend there together. And so he takes her out there and he's got an itinerary. He wants to literally relive that weekend. It's like, no, we're going to do exactly what we did a year ago because that was perfect. And this will fix our relationship. Except the one thing he hasn't done in that time is to check if the resort is still running and he gets there and it's completely abandoned mm -hmm. and he's like and he gets really angry he's like no this is gonna be the perfect weekend it's gonna be the perfect weekend and then next thing his girlfriend's ex played by alex dimitriadis turns up uh, who was like a guy who was obsessed with being like a greek javelin sort of classic olympian and he kind of turns up with like something that belongs to her and he's like and so the main character he's furious he's like how the fuck did this guy find out about it? and he gets really angry and he just tells them both to leave he's like just leave just leave and basically breaks up with her and she leaves and he's in a furious mood he's angry at himself he's angry at her and so he builds a time machine. So he spends a year building a time machine and he's like, I'm going to go back and I'm going to relive that weekend. And then it just gets weird. And basically the film only has three actors, one set. It just, it never leaves this resort, this abandoned resort in the middle of nowhere. And it's only the three of them, except what happens is that as he starts going back in time, more of him turn up. 
Like, oh, and okay. so he, he goes back in time, but then there's already a version of him right. who's like taking the girlfriend yeah, away. Yeah. And then another version of her comes up to him and is like, hey, all right, come on, we need to do this. And he's like, wait, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. And suddenly it splits off to the point where there's like five of each of them, okay. like from different times, yeah. like coming back and yeah. like, and just kind of getting in each other's way and everything. Yeah. Oh, and then in the end, great. yeah. <laughs> and that's it. And it's like, it's, it's great. It's 90 yeah, minutes, yeah. three actors, one yeah. set, but mm. it's the perfect example. And in the end, it all, it all makes sense. It yeah. all comes together beautifully. And yeah. so spoilers for Infinite Man. No, there's, 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 oh, no, I haven't even touched on the good stuff. It's so on theme in the end. Yeah. It's about the fact that in a relationship, you can't control everything. Yeah. You can't make everything the yeah. way you want it to be. Mm. But what's so good about it is that it's a prime example of accepting your limitations and not only accepting them, but being like, okay, we can only afford three actors. Let's get infinite versions of those three actors. Yeah. And we can yeah. only afford one location. Sweet, let's make that part of it. And so it literally folds its limitations yeah. into the fabric of the film and it works beautifully. So, I mean, like, that's one example of, like, and that's kind of, I think, the sad thing, because it's like, I don't see many Australian films. Mm. I would not have seen that film if yeah. I didn't happen to be going through this stage. Was it well-received at the time? It was, but it was yeah, just but nobody it was saw so it. small, and yeah. I don't think it had the money to really... That's another thing. There's no money itself. for marketing as well. Yeah. And that's, like, a massive that's it. factor. it kind of falls under the radar. That's the thing. Like, a lot of these, like, because we know about what films are coming out and stuff, but a lot yeah. of the Australian films, we just don't hear about them. No, like, not Where really. do you hear about them? The thing is, there's so much out there. And it's like, I mean, my, my agents always like to me, you need to be watching more Australian film, you need to be watching more Australian TV. These are shows you need to be watching. And I'm like, yep, cool. But also the new season of Fargo just started. <laughs> and it's like, am I, am I really going to like, and I know I should because supporting the industry and all of that, but it's like, am I really going to go out of my way to like watch this thing I know nothing about when there's already so much out there? And it's like, I barely have enough time to consume the things I want to consume, you know? Yeah. In articulating that, aren't you kind of, the perfect audience member in that there is so much stuff out there to see for the person who's not in the industry and the person who's not wanting to support mm. and give it a go. It's like you have the point of view, which is I'm looking at everything that's out there and saying, man, I've got Fargo to watch with this, with that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll never see these little things. You've got to make something that stands. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Amongst that, yeah. you've got to make something that makes absolutely. you go, man, I've got Fargo, I've got Space Time. Man, oh, yeah. Yeah. Man, yeah. It's going to be great. You know, and just like, what's going to Space Time? Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Everybody should well, watch Space Time. For yeah. me, <laughs> that's the beauty of Space Time. Yeah. Because, no, because it's, it's completely different to most of the stuff that, you know, Australia are making. Mm. And that's kind of the appeal of it. Is that yeah. sort of where you guys came at it? You were like... Not really, no. It really it was much more organic than it is just even when we were doing shorts, we're just trying to make films that we that, that we want to see ourselves because we, they're the films that we ultimately want to be making. Even if they're, like, not in the form, they don't have the budget, they don't have the, you know, resources that we, you know, we'd love to be doing the big budget, even in a small form, just for that to be the calling card, to be like, well, this is what we've done with a little. How about try giving us a lot? That even when we were doing short films, we were doing like spy comedies and monster movies and that sort of thing, that this is just what we want to do. It's not really a response to the market or what's out there or what could be out there. It's just like, well, let's just but make something that we like. If you'd approached it as a response to the market or as, I guess, a rebuttal to the Australian mm. film industry as it stands, that would be really disingenuous and that yeah. would be... I think yeah. that would I think that would show it and would almost turn into one of the tourist things that you were just exactly. talking yeah. about. Yeah. Kind of be passionless. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's much more innocent, I think, our yeah. approach. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. Hey, which, we is, love which is great. Yeah. It's the right yeah. way to do it because yeah. that way it's like, no, you're approaching it from a place of love and from passion, yeah. being like, this is the story yeah, I want to yeah. tell. I mean, a lot of my work is in theatre, and I remember like my first sort of Melbourne play reunion a few years ago. It was like tiny, tiny little show, like, you know, four people, one room, no marketing, no nothing. It was just a little show, five shows, and that was it. I remember putting it on and like, I didn't really think, again, I approached it from a place of pure innocence. I was like, I wasn't trying to like, you know, start a career or anything like that. It was just, here was a yeah. play I wanted to put on and here was a story I wanted to tell. And I put it on and I remember a friend of mine who was a filmmaker, who was quite a bit older and quite a bit more experienced than me. He came out of the play afterwards. And it wasn't a great play by any stretch of the imagination, but he came out afterwards and he came up to me and goes, dude, you know, I see a lot of plays in Melbourne and I cannot tell you how refreshing it is to just see a fun story. Because right. he's like, most of what I see is like aspiring for some lofty artistic intention yeah. or something. Yeah. And he goes, I cannot tell you how refreshing it is to see something that is just a story. Yeah. And that's kind of been my approach to theatre for a long time is like, because I mean, you, you see the plays that are going on and everything has brave and daring mm. and thought provoking yeah. and mm. all of that. It's all artistic and out there. And I'm sure it's got great themes and yeah. whatever which i, I will like, say that there's a lot of that stuff is is good and it's valid and it's it, but it usually comes the other way it's when someone has an important story to tell or like yeah. they actually have this burning desire 
What it often is, though, is someone who sort of says to themselves, well, I am an artist and I have to be this and I have to have people acknowledge mm. me as whatever. And it just ends up being a mess and it's just something that they can never sort of But the thing get is, not of. everything can be a revolutionary masterpiece. Yeah. And, and, and it shouldn't like, because then it destroys the revolutionary masterpiece. Exactly. On top of yeah. that, it's like when, when that's the stuff that gets funding, like, and of course that's what gets funding because, like, you know, if it's about something serious or it's about something that's in the public eye or whatever, and yeah, sure, that gets funding – but suddenly it becomes ubiquitous. Mm. It's like every play that's getting government funding, every film that's getting government funding is very, and I say in huge inverted mm. commas, important. Mm. And it's like, okay, but like when everything's important, nothing's important, mm. you yes. know? Yeah. So suddenly a film like yours, which not for not to damn you with faint praise, but like mm. seems a lot more kind of mainstream and fun, like that suddenly becomes the exception when it's like these other things that people are throwing money at are meant to be the exceptions to the rule. The thing that's so backwards um, about sort of what we're talking about at the moment is um, you have films, like we look back on like American cinema for the last like 30 or 40 years and you've got films that come out and I don't think at any point in the pitch they're saying it's about these themes and it's going to speak no. to these issues. That's the thing that comes after. That's the thing that the director injects yeah, into the mainstream story that the audience will engage with and it's later on that the critics or... You know, um, they realise what it's talking about. Yeah, the yeah. Come and they because go, it's- oh, he was trying to say this and that yeah it wasn't in the and it's so didactic like i mean i i saw this um short list recently for like a bunch of people who got uh, writing fellowships for novels or something and one of them it literally said in the pitch this is about how we treat asylum seekers and it's like yeah like again really not a not like a great theme to explore but what's the story what's the story like what's the yeah. story that actually contains that theme mm-hmm. and and to me i look at that and i'm like okay well of course you got funding because you said in there this is about asylum seekers it's like okay so that's that's straight up allegory you're not being clever or subtle about how you mm. approach this you're telling a story that is meant to be obviously this is making subtext text essentially yeah, yeah, yeah. so why not just actually instead of you know having some artistic roundabout way of exploring that theme why not actually just make an honest film or book about that issue mm. you know what i think presented the, to us the film industry the funding bodies seem to just not understand is that the thing i love about movies is escapism like yeah you don't want to go and pay money to go to the cinema to watch your life sort of reflected back. You want something that's a little bit out there. It's like something that you you want to go like on an adventure and watch a cool story and then they just keep making the same stuff again and again. And it gets I mean, frustrating. At, and then I think you have writers and you have- Look at Zootopia. Yeah. As like a prime example of yeah. something where you go to and it was like, yeah, it was Amazing a fun- creativity. Fun, yeah. great film. And then you realize actually, no, it's about, it's about racism. And yeah. because it is subtle in how it approaches that mm-hmm. and because it presents a fun, entertaining story first, I find it so much more powerful than a film that I think is trying to preach to me. Yes. Even, even smarter yes. than that I found with Zootopia because you get to a, you know, about a third of the way through and you're like, Oh, I see what they're doing here. She's the rabbit. He's the fox. Yeah, it's kind of like mixing yeah. up the races. It's the lethal weapon. It's the Shane Black, you know, and you think it's like this fun little cute idea. No. And you get to the end, you're like, oh, my God, they've actually got <laughs> something to say about this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like, and I find it because like one thing that I really, really hate as a consumer is when I feel like something's preaching to me. Mm. Like if I feel like something is trying to make a political yeah. point and I know it's trying to do that and it's hitting me over the head with that point, I'm like, even if I completely agree with the point, which in many cases I probably do, I'm like, mm. fuck off. Mm. Like, literally, yeah. fuck off. Don't do this to me. I did not yeah. come to this to be yeah. fucking preached to. I came to this to be entertained because I really do believe your first role as a filmmaker, as an artist, as a storyteller should always be to entertain. First and foremost, everything else comes second. If you want to make a big, strong, powerful point, yeah. do it. Sure, but be fucking smart about it and entertain us first. Don't assume that people should take your film seriously. Don't assume that people should engage with your film just because you've got something important to say because then you're not doing your job. Yeah. And you might as well be a university lecturer and you can make the point clearer and with more clarity, well, clearer and with more clarity. Huh. Great work. <laughs> I'll throw myself under the bus after that very impassioned <laughs> yeah. speech. I think that the thing with all of this stuff that we've been talking about is a mix, is a variety. That the truth is we do want important things and we do want people yeah. to be striving for important things and political messages and all that. And we do want entertaining things as well. And I think the thing that both Michael and I strongly believe is that film and art and culture in general is better when you get a really strong mix Absolutely. of all that. Absolutely. Which is which is one of the things that we've really tried to do with space time. Because the truth is there's a lot of things going around in America and Australia and now that now that films are technically becoming easier to make. More people are making them and more people are doing genre stuff and zombie stuff and monster stuff and whatever. And I think now the thing is to sort of break beyond that and Keep it fun, keep it entertaining, but really do try to do something smart. Oh, yeah, for sure. Do, do for always sure. be trying to do something that elevates from 
well, let's just get some chainsaws and just start. Well, it's like we're talking about. It's like it's so easy to make films nowadays. It's like yeah, so that means that because there's such a glut. I mean, it's Mm. the same with like what I'm talking about with Australian TV. It's like there's so much good stuff out there, and there's so much content out there Mm. that. Are there, there are a lot of really good films, a lot of really good TV shows that yeah. will simply escape my notice because yeah. I don't have enough hours in the yeah, day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so what can you do to make your product something that floats to the top, something yeah. that stands out among yeah. everything else? And I guess to bring it back to the Australian industry, I, I feel like the big problem here is that when we don't rely on people going to see films because mm-hmm. people just don't go and see Australian yeah. films, I guess it's this sort of like almost self-fulfilling prophecy where they're like, oh, where the government's like, okay, people aren't going to go and see Australian mm-hmm. films, so we have to fund the important ones to make sure these things get made, which then means people are like, oh, well, if everything is just kind of sad and dreary mm-hmm. and going to make me think about my but life and issues, I won't see them. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, there isn't really a market for Australian films, so it becomes a lot harder to get something like Space Time mm-hmm. made. Well, and well. the cycle continues. But you guys have managed to do it. Yeah. So I'm curious as to how, like, <laughs> I've got to say, in, well, this, I in think, this unwelcoming landscape, how did you guys approach funding? I mean, the, the, the idea of funding, like, as, as you, you guys have been talking about it, it's like, I guess a lot of the points are valid, but at the same time, there seems to be this anger towards someone for not giving you something. And it's so, like, obviously, the industry in Australia is not as healthy as it could be. And it really is about everyone just doing whatever they can to, yeah, for try, sure. and, to try and fix that. And um, obviously, like, I feel like I don't want people to be looking at space time as something like, well, obviously they could do that. It's like, this has been very hard. Like this, we yeah, put yeah. a lot of work into this. So I, I, th- I think that's what it comes down to. You got to be as smart as you can and educated as you can and um, as hardworking as you can and present yourself. The big key for us with um, space time was just the, before any plot or character or whatever, being like, we're trying to make a time travel thriller and people's eyes light up. And so it is about filling in those gaps of what people want to see. It's about knowing sort of that. And then you can sort of build something yourself. And I think that, you know, that's something that we're both very proud of. I think that putting together space time was surprisingly easy in that, yes, as you say, people are attracted to the concept and people say, well, like, that sounds like a lot of fun. That sounds like something I want to be a part of. For us, I mean, it's it's also the space time and then there's everything we've been doing for the 12 years leading up to it. And you guys would know all this as well with your mm. own work. Like, yeah, it yeah. is this leads to that and then that leads to that and you grow and then that person says hey that was really cool count me in for your next thing can't wait to be part of it and that's just the way it sort of goes and you get your own sort of i guess you know community and that's industry right i was gonna i guess sorts. yeah like you got to be as smart about it in terms of the stuff that you're doing but also i hopefully you guys are doing the same that each time you work on something being like well you've worked well and you've worked well and just sort of putting this team together and by the time we, we really had a, a like the most professional crew working on space time. Yeah, we were very lucky that we had so many of the people that had worked on previous projects all saying, right, when are we doing the next one? When yeah. are we just going to make yeah, a feature? Yeah. Come on. And we're like, oh, are you guys up for that? Because of course we want to. <laughs> I think the key is just not waking up tomorrow and saying, I want to be a filmmaker. I'm going to mm. start with a big fun yeah, sci-fi adventure. Or also doing something and being like, well, that didn't work. I'm completely changing directions. It's all about learning from what you've done, whether it's you think it's a positive experience or a negative experience experience just taking whatever you can from every situation and the truth is it's taken us a long time like we met 12 years ago we've been making shorts and you know the little bits and pieces for the last 10 years you could say it took 10 years to get space time made yeah i think that's yeah yeah that's very true i think it's also a good thing to consider filmmaking there's no point rushing something out Mm. there's no point finishing it just to have it finished when it comes to film it's sort of it's when it's done it lives forever and yeah you know, unless sure. you're going back and doing special editions of special editions mm-hmm. and so on and so for me i look at some of the other films that are made um i suppose at our budget level and i say oh man it's like if they'd spent another six months in post i feel like this could really <laughs> have nailed or <laughs> six months in the writing or like just taking their time and, and everyone's you can, in you such can, a hurry yeah, you, you can real... feel it because we you're like obviously we've been in post-production for a while and we're going to be in post-production for a few more months and we can feel it where it gets to the point of people like, excuse me, film is usually done by now. And we're yeah. like, this is the difference. Like this yeah. is this is the difference between like making something great and having something come out and people going, good effort. That was good. Yeah. yeah. You guys talked about how it's, t- it's probably been like sort of a 12-year effort building up to this. Mm-hmm. But when did you guys have the idea for this film? Well, uh, this is – Space Time really is – two ideas brought together. I had for a long time been kicking around an idea which makes up the third act of the film. And then Adam had an idea for what he had talked to me about as a TV series. Um, And 
that basically became the second act of the film. And so when once we decided to put those two ideas together, because I think my concept was really a, a large set piece more than anything. And then Adam had this idea. And so we said, well, wow, why don't we put them together, give them the same form of time travel. They're both sort of based around time travel. And then together we came up with the first act and then had the film. So we'd both been kicking around ideas for, I think, a few years. Yeah, really. we'd, we'd, um, I remember the first real conversation, because obviously I think our first conversation at film school was because a friend of ours had laid out a whole bunch of posters that he'd just bought from like the mm. cafeteria downstairs and one of them was Back to the Future. That that was pretty much the first conversation that we had on our first day of uni. And it was love at first. That's day. right. And it's, <laughs> things have never been the same. And then it, it's just been like, I've got ideas for time travel. What have you got? And it's just been a continuing conversation about the logistics of it, about how would it work. And because one of the things that we often talk about is the best time travel films, Terminator and Back to the Future and whatever, they get everything right in terms of so many things, but even the best ones always betray themselves in their own rules of time travel. It's a really complicated thing that no one seems to be able to really toe the line of. And so there was one thing, where, well, if, if we have approached it like, what would you be do? What would you think about this or that or whatever? And so it's just, that's just been a very long conversation over the years that we'll revisit. It's like, oh, I figured out how we could solve this. Yeah, Michael's idea of how time travel would work, we just kind of poured into this enormous ending to the film to go off in grand style. But it, it probably was about three years ago, I guess, cool. that we got to the point where I was like, okay, well, we've got some characters and we've got a plot mm. and whatever. This could be a TV show. And Michael's like, no, no, we're doing this now. And I was like, <laughs> there's no way we're doing this now. You know, we're talking about doing like small things. And he's like, okay. And we literally sat down. And I think it was over the course of a couple of hours. It's like, well, you know, we've got this equipment. We've got this window of time. We've got these actors that I know are going to say yes to it. We've got this and that. And I was like, this is crazy. Like, what are we doing? And it's just a matter of like putting all of what we had down and the best thing that we could get from all of those pieces. Well, I mean, wasn't the whole approach that uh, Spielberg and Lucas had to Indiana Jones that they were like, all right, what do we want to see in a film? We want Nazis, we want whips, we want guns, (laughs) we want all of that. Let's just mash it all together. And I mean- That's a cool approach. Well, I mean, that's kind of like not to, I mean, well, I suppose we're all talking about our own Mm. work, so we might as well, but like that was kind of how I approached my novel, Boone Shepard. It was like, I was like, what do I like? I like time travel. I like literary figures. I like silly humor. Yep. I like Lemony Snicket and yep. absurdist gothic yeah, stuff. It's the, it's the way to throw do it. All it. And just as long as you've got yeah. a strong enough, you know, thread to draw them all together. This is what David Lynch does as well. Yeah, you know? absolutely. He'll just have an idea for scenes. And as long as he's, until he's got like enough scenes that go together, he's like, oh, there we got a film. And I love what you're saying about sort of waiting till something's ready because, I mean, I, I'm so, so impatient. Yeah. I'm that's, very that's much me. one I'm of the impatient terrible people. Part of the, like, let's get it out. I just want yeah. it to be out in the world. But you're so right because like what you're saying about like – because I just I realize like I'm I'm the first person to be like I just want to get this thing made I want to mm. get you know like with the plays I do it's yeah. like a re- sort of a conveyor belt where it's like next one next one next mm. one next one next one and you're so excited and about what people's reaction is going to be that yeah you're just exactly like, that I throw it out there where it's like the reaction yeah. probably isn't going to be as good as it could be because I didn't mm. take the time I could have to make it perfect yeah. I mean I don't believe in perfection but like as good as it can yeah, be yeah. and it's like I, and it's funny because what you were saying just then like because I do a bit of side work like teaching kids in a creative writing studio and um in this studio basically every kid who works there writes a story like a short story and it gets published in an anthology book. It's the end of the year mm. which is a really cool thing when you're a kid mm. like your words are in print there you go and anyway so with one of my classes I've sort of started talking to them about the next project they're going to work on which will be the story that will go in the book and one of the kids is quite young and he just likes you know um writing kind of stories with like you know just sort of you know really immature humor really like you know he's a kid but I was saying to him I was like look man like when this like don't write a story about like scatological stuff you're going to write a story that's going to be in a book that will be around forever write something that you're going to be really proud of mm. because when it's in that book, it's going to be there forever. Do you want to look back on it in 10 years' time and go, man, I was good when I was a kid? Or do you want to look back at it and be like, oh, man, that's a bit embarrassing? And it's pretty much what you're saying. It's yeah. like try to get it right because mm-hmm. once it's out in the world, yeah. and I guess that comes down to, like, I guess, understanding that there is going to be an audience mm. and it's hard to win that audience's trust back if you betray it with something that yeah. isn't ready. Yeah, and I definitely know that with plays I put on that were not ready to go mm. and they go on and suddenly I realize a month later, I'm like, that was really shit. <laughs> I'm like, that was really bad. Yeah. And because of my Everyone impatience to get it yeah, out there, yeah. I didn't put on something good and yeah. I asked people to pay for a product that was mm. not ready. Those people aren't going to come back for my next one. Mm. And that's a hard lesson to learn. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. the key there is just not to make the same mistakes again. Mm. Exactly. That's, that's Which, always yeah, yeah. like yeah. the same people before. Who yeah. of trial and yeah. error. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. And every single project 
take something away from it. Even if you're like, that was the worst thing. There's not, there's always something to take away. You're like, well, I'll know that next time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm. That's like what you guys said before. You spend 10 or 12 years making short films mm. before you make something massive yeah. like space yeah. time. And so you're ready. You've learned through right. your lessons. Yeah. You learn what works. World, I mean, you want to, I think, you know, the dream scenario is always when you can put something out there and say with complete confidence, this is what I set out to make. Mm-hmm. This is something I am proud of. Mm. And if you don't like it, that's okay because I fulfilled the vision I yeah. want to fulfill. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Which, yeah, I think that's the most the, important That's thing. the goal, yeah. So yeah. what is your, like, so I guess going on that with goals, when mm. space-time, you know, is finished, what happens next? Like, what, what will be the next step with it and where are you hoping it will end up? What is your pipe dream perfect scenario mm. of where this film will go? I, I mean, I, I think we've made something that audiences will really enjoy. And so I do hope that it gets a chance to um, reach a larger audience. We've been fortunate in that just with the release of our first teaser trailer, which really doesn't show much at all. And there's just a little taste of what's to come. It goes for just over a minute. Yeah. And we've had an awful lot of interest from <laughs> distributors and sales agents. Because I think that science fiction and I think that um, especially sort of slick science fiction. As so, yeah, produced. like grounded science fiction. Yeah, it, yeah. it sort of, um, I think it just has a built-in audience. N- not that they're like, oh, we'll take whatever you got. Like, yeah. I think it, it, but, you know, the right kind of movie with the right sort of style and feel does have an audience that's ready for it. So for us, it's really, we want to complete the film to the best that we possibly can, not be showing it off too soon, which mm-hmm. you know, comes back yeah. to the being yeah. patient and getting it right. Uh, which again is, is, about, is a, a real um, temptation when people are starting to talk to you about the things that they've been starting to talk to us about. And it's like, well, maybe we will just show them the rough yeah. cut. Like, yeah. no, don't do that. Don't do it. <laughs> so we, we really want to get it to a place that we're really comfortable saying, like, hey, look, two thirds of it is almost done. You can see how the effects work. You can see that it all makes sense. And then from there, I guess it's getting it, as as far and wide as we mm. can. Um, that might be a case of trying to get into a major festival and then selling distribution rights through that. It might be that we are lucky enough to sell it before it's completed. We, we're not too sure, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, there I is mean, no it, 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 it comes down to yeah, it comes down to being as open as possible. I think, and certainly, I've having known Michael for a long time, I've had to learn the lesson of patience that 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 was me yeah. that i was like we'll just grab a camera and we'll go out and we'll do a trailer and then people are gonna like it and it's like no <laughs> calm down and so this was like a few years ago i would have been saying can we please just, just show it, the yeah. first third of this film to someone we'll get some money well it's like no so yeah we've it's about taking our time and also not jumping at the first offer there's there's a few people that we've been talking to along the way and that's one of the lessons that they've been telling us so that we don't have to make it ourselves which is even as far as uh you know proposals go and you know, the deals start coming in be patient with that as well because so many people just oh my god you're gonna give me give me money for this and they just jump out yeah. of it. so it's everything is about being as open and when the time comes being as decisive as possible it, it's very easy to get excited yeah. um when you get a call from an, an assistant in la with the american yeah. accent i say are you free to take a call from so-and-so from this company i'm like <laughs> Yes. Yes, this is I am. This is Jeeves from LA. Yeah, yeah. Would you would you yeah, like to take yeah, a call? Yeah. yeah, and then they put you on hold and they're like, Hi Michael, da 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 yeah. da and, and yeah. it's yeah, you know, it is really easy to go. Yeah. Oh my God. Like, kind of so, someone in America yeah. likes me. Yeah. I'm in the player. Like, yeah. This is great. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that it is a little bit of um, trying to not get too excited mm. and then sort of see what opportunities come yeah. based on the work. And that's that's mm. the thing. Like when I talk about being patient, it's because I want the work to speak for itself. Yeah, absolutely. I really want you absolutely. to go. Okay, yeah, we see what you're trying to do now. Cool, awesome, this is great. Um, see, it's a fine yeah. line to walk to, isn't it? Because, like, so much of it is, oh, like, you know, if you say, oh, I want to be patient, then maybe you miss an opportunity mm. as opposed it's to, a like, absolutely. Like, it's, always it's a gamble, yeah. but, like, I think... It's about having faith in, exactly, in the work you've done. In the end mm. of the day, it's like yeah. you guys have enough faith in the project to be like, even if this one person, even if I don't give it to this first person who mm. bites... Mm. You know, there might be a better person along the, yeah. along the road because I believe the project is good enough to attract that kind of yeah. attention. Which the, is- yeah, the, the other thing we've also always said is that having this being a project that we've just kind of put together ourselves and we've gotten other people involved and we've gotten support from, you know, independent people, if nothing else, even like it's th- this film isn't really about making any money off. This isn't a cent. This is a calling card for. Well, imagine- that, do you, you mean that as, as a basic? Yeah. Like, if, if all else fails. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's right. No, like, take the movie without paying yeah, us, yeah. please. Yeah. Like, that, <laughs> that's what we made it for. <laughs> you you think we want to make money off this damn well, thing? Yeah. Well, no, like, I mean, it, it, I think particularly the, the spirit in which it started mm. of 
And as I say, we had people that were in our team and crews in the past that were saying, hey, come on, let's do it. Let's do a full feature now. Let's, you know, they were all, they weren't saying because it's going to make us billionaires. Mm. They were saying because yeah. it's fun. Because yeah. Which would also cool. be the wrong attitude yeah. as well. That's yeah. Right. yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 It's just about sticking with what you like. So what is, can, like, just to, we probably should have covered this a bit earlier, mm. but like, so, so <laughs> pitch us space time. Tell us the plot. Tell us what we're dealing with here. Yeah. So uh, space time is a sci-fi thriller. It's a time travel adventure. It's about a uh, physicist who is trying to build an engine to travel through space in this brand new way. And it goes horribly wrong. But what he does discover is that he has accidentally invented time travel. Cool. So in the uh, in the process of, of this first test, when it all goes wrong, lives are lost and they, they lose their funding. And it's really about having a, a project which is well-financed and has all the government bodies behind it and whatnot. Um, that all is taken away. And then this scientist who has this belief that he has stumbled on time travel now has to turn to the underworld and black market to try and finance the rebuilding. So in some ways, it's uh, it's there's a nice parallel for yeah, independent like projects. Yeah. 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 The Go funny on, yeah. thing is it was actually took a while for us to really pick up on that, that it was like the second or third draft that <laughs> we're like, funny how that happens wait, sometimes. this is what we're just we're talking about before. Like, writing ourselves. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, but it's, that, that is the whole thing. We yeah. didn't sit down and say, let's do something that's about the independent yeah, process. We exactly said, let's right. talk about yeah. fun time travel. Yeah, and yeah. then we got to the end of the writing yeah. went this is kind of like a parallel oh, how well because cool. then like, awesome. and then and, and then because you you're like halfway through the process and once you pick up on that you can then extrapolate on this and that mm. and it like yeah, becomes this organic like this will really bring the strengths see, of the characters past coming through. back to what we we're talking about before about like messages and themes and yeah. all that stuff it's like what you've done is like yeah there is there is subtext and there is more to this mm. but it's not the first and foremost thing yeah it's like and even to you guys and that that to me speaks to like how organic and genuine mm. it is you guys are like no we didn't even realize what this was about yeah. so yeah. it's like I, so your audience is going to watch and go, oh, yeah, all right, guys, I see yeah. what you're doing here. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like they'll watch it and see yeah. the fun sci-fi adventure because you yeah, made it. Well, because the fun that, and, and, that, and that was kind of part of it, that it's like seeing ourselves in it, but in a way that we're like, well, I think everyone can kind of. And so th- yeah. it, it actually becomes this story of you know, people's professional careers and their uh, personal lives and the sacrifices that they have to make for one or the other or whatever. And so hopefully it's actually sort of a universal thing mm. that people will be like, I'm going through the exact same thing. I yeah, for sure. I think that's the best way to write too. You like kind of smash out a draft or two and then you look at it and you go, oh, that's what yeah. it's about. Yeah. And then you can yeah. kind of go back in and, and flesh that out a bit. Yeah. And you can hone in on the theme a lot more. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you start out with goals, I think, uh, yeah. for what you want it to be about. But yeah, yeah what And the goals shift. Being, yeah. That's right. And that's fine. I'm curious to know, uh, with you guys collaborating on the script, how that sort of process worked. Because I know for myself, I tend to just write by myself. Mm. And I think, Gabe, you do that quite often as well. How do you guys do it? Do you sit in the same room and type with each other? Do you break the scenes up and do things individually and come together? How does it work? For for the most part, we write separately and like have ideas and like bring them to meetings and like I want want this to happen, I want that to happen. And then, yeah, it's like I'm very much the same way that I have trouble writing with anyone else in the room. And you see them, you know, Ricky Gervais and Steve Merchant writing The Office and they're like, oh, and then this will happen and then that. I'm like, I can't do that. I've got to be so like nothing distracting me but then for the polish we usually will come together and it'll be like on the screen and like changing some dialogues and some beats and whatever yeah, yeah. Cool. i mean in the very beginning it's just a conversation yeah. with us oh, and, absolutely. and like we'll have like the the laptop hooked up to the tv yeah. and be typing and so like mm-hmm. that first when we broke all the relationship stuff for act two that was a one-page document that we were just yeah, like typing yeah. and like i jump on the keyboard for a bit and you yeah. jump on the keyboard in and very bad kind of english thing. of like this person yeah really very sloppy yeah, yeah, yeah. and then it is yeah go away and do this and yeah. then like it just yeah. goes back and forth mm. and i think anytime we had a really good idea that was always a, all right well quick let's get together and then talk about how this can fit and that can yeah. fit and then it would be dividing up yeah, a few phone and, calls of like, oh, I'm about to change this scene and it's really going to change yeah, it. So, I just, idea, so I just have to let you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. which, yeah. you know, so often, like, especially the way that I work, I'll be thinking, well, I really, really want this set piece and mm-hmm. I really want to have a scene where this happens and it will be, hey, I want to do this. How can we get this in there? Yeah. And then you will usually be like the next day you'll come and say, hey, I had a thought about your thought wanting to do that yeah, with yeah. the time bubble open, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Yeah. What about if she has to get a blah, blah? And, yeah. you know, and it, it's just that I think yeah. – uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, as I've said for a long time, when people uh, – I, I haven't experienced writer's block for a long time just because I know I don't sit down to write until I've got a backlog of things in my head. That cool. It's like this – people are like, oh, I just sat down to write and nothing was coming. It's like, well, things don't really come to you when the page – like surely you're walking mm. around and you'll think of something and store it yeah, away. That, yeah. that's, I, I feel like yeah. writing is actually thinking. 
and then the actual writing of it is just transcribing it to the yeah, I'm, yeah. And I'm, I'm exactly the same. That's yeah. like it's in the shower and it's on the bus. Yeah. That's when the good stuff comes. Yeah. Exactly. Like, and yeah, and you know, like I definitely find like I, I go for walks and like mm, let it kind of yeah, play yeah. out in my head. But I, yeah. I do find that like as I'm sitting there in front of the page and I'm typing, mm. I'll be like oh, wait, shit, what if that happens? And then, But then I don't sit there and write that straight away. I'm like, yeah. okay, I need to let that percolate. Yeah, absolutely. Then I'll get up, then I'll go for a walk, yeah, and I'll yeah. play out the potentials of where yeah, that plot yeah, point can go yeah. and then decide if it's the right thing yeah, to do. Yeah. You, know? yeah. Yeah. you loop the scene in your head about 5,000 times and then yeah, exactly. you find it every time. Yeah. And then- I have had strange looks when I'm like going for walks and I, somebody's like looking at me and I'm like, oh, right, I'm without realizing it, I started acting the scene out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, like, yeah. all right, I'm, yeah. I'm a normal person. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. this is this is my my weird trick. Sometimes when I'm like, I'm really in that zone and I'm like, and the story's kind of playing out in my head and I, I just find myself automatically like making hand gestures or mm. like saying the lines out loud or stuff like as I'm doing it, I'll pretend I'm on the phone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I pretend I'm you talking. Can, you can get someone. away with it these days. Just put some headphones yeah, exactly. in. Are they a crazy person or are they on the phone? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, definitely yeah. a crazy person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I'm curious, how did you guys approach the funding? Did you crowdfund it all? Did you go through like, is it Screen Queensland up there? Or? It is Screen Queensland, yeah. yeah. We did none of those things. Yeah. For me, crowdfunding is a really tricky one and I have on – I think for crowdfunding, if you aren't an established you know, celebrity or name or anything like that, um, your audience are your friends. And if you're yeah. a filmmaker who's trying to make films, your friends are all filmmakers. And if your friends are all filmmakers, they've all got a crowdfunding campaign mm-hmm. that they're trying to make. Like, yeah. And it's just so you give me twenty bucks, I'll chamber. give you twenty yeah. bucks. Like just save your money and make it. Yeah. 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 So there's always this sort of echo chamber with. I look yeah. at my feed on any one day, and it's eighteen different people mm-hmm. asking me to put. 10 bucks Money into their, yeah. their no, dream project, mm. which sometimes works. And yeah, sometimes if it works, like, if it works that's great. Yeah, it does there's work. nothing yeah. against crowdfunding, but no. yeah. So we very early on decided not to do that. I've also always had the philosophy um, and there are, you know, again, it's it's also that thing of like looking at your heroes and seeing mm-hmm. how they did it and whatnot. I've always had this philosophy that if you really believe in this project mm-hmm. and if you're going to do it properly, you should really put your yeah. money you know, yeah, absolutely. behind it yourself. Matters. So um, the bulk of the funding just kick off principal photography. I went and took a big bank loan. I had a whole lot of savings. Adam had some savings. And then our other producer, Jai, he also had mm-hmm. some savings as also took another loan as well. And so mm-hmm. we covered enough to get us into principal photography. Halfway through I was going to say, or shoot, so we thought. Well, <laughs> so we thought, well <laughs> there, there, were, there were things, yeah. but there was also, there was what we tried to do was be quite smart in how the production was put together so that there were things in the script where we would say like all right this is flexible in terms of the location time of day if it's raining if it's not raining no never was there a scene that absolutely must be a golden sunshiny day and you know we had contingencies like if it's raining then suddenly the scene is this and it's a completely different yeah we always sort of had in our mind like well wouldn't it be great if it does rain because then he can turn up with an umbrella and be like yeah. Hold it over, which, or whatever. Which, like, which again, there is there is a scene where that happens. A, yeah. a very emotional scene that we hadn't thought of as being in the rain, and all of a sudden it's raining. It's like this helps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. So we have um, we have all these sort of like oh yeah, in our mind these are the ways we'll get around things. So I think in in approaching it in a way that was flexible and always kept it about story and characters, and that all the everything else was sort of like play it as it lies approach of of things sort of you know folding mixing meant that mm-hmm. we would usually be able to find a solution um we were fortunate that as we got into the middle of filming we we had a couple of instances where we could go this way and it would cost a little bit more or we could go this way and we could do it for our budget and we were like well it'd be really great to bring in some more money so um our producer jai approached an investor and said hey have a look at some of the footage from the first few days of shooting and they kind of went bananas for it, it. was see it wasn't um, just a footage it was actually so lucky the way it turned out that we looked at the scenes that we had shot up until that point and we were like just on the mood of the scenes and the tone mm. it's like such a great sampler of what this film is we can make a little trailer from this and we basically cut like a minute and a half yeah. teaser trailer we we, yeah. we we it was smart for that, but mm-hmm. it was a disaster for – well, not disaster, but it was I, – I regret now. We Our second night was one of the biggest action mm. set pieces of – yeah, oh, yeah, We yeah, thought, yeah. let's load it at the yeah. front of the schedule because we'll Just all be so, full of yeah. energy. If it takes and longer then... to shoot this action sequence, <laughs> then it's much better to do that in the beginning than drag it out yeah. at the end. Yeah. And, man, um, it was a so killer. It was very tough, <laughs> yeah. but it was it was all through – we shot right yeah. through the night outside um, under the Story Bridge. But it meant that we had all mm. these action scenes that we could so we put into this little character stuff, trailer. some action. Yeah. So we brought on our first independent – investor um and that was just based on the reaction of the footage and that got us through principle and then as soon as we hit post we were pretty stoked with how it had come up and i think as anyone who works in independent 
uh, film knows, you don't really know what you've got until the end. Like you're like, I oh, just hope it works. You're like, we're shooting eight pages a day. Um, yeah. Just yeah. At, at I remember pace. after first night, I was like, because it was just that. That's not what I expected. And I was just so frazzled because we'd just shot for like almost thirteen hours or something and no sleep, and I was just like. Is this is this gonna be good? Yes, yeah. I don't know what that was. Like, yeah. I don't, eight, but we just got to keep pages. going. Yeah, we, yeah. what's like? I think the standard is like three. Yeah, yeah, two to three yeah. is the standard. So yeah. we were we were really flying through it. But that was also I, I say that, and I I don't think you would know if you no. watched the film. Oh, no. We were really lucky. I mean, we had a really strong cast, well rehearsed, who all understood the material and really um, were engaged in it. And so we never had a point where we. I think there were maybe three instances in the entire shoot where there was a hey can we stop for a second and just quickly mm-hmm. work out why this is and happening one of, one of the big things that really helped us was that our director of photography daniel maddock um insisted and as we completely agreed on him using practical lighting for so many scenes so it meant it took a long time to set it up and once it was set you just run well awesome. that's right yeah we, we, yeah we i i'm a huge advocate of steadicam and i love longer takes that are consist of really complicated blocking which you know, we've all seen the memes making fun of, don't worry, we'll just shoot it with natural light and we'll do it all in one take. Yeah. It'll be faster. And of yeah. course, everyone knows that's never the, yeah, usually yeah. the case. Yeah. But we were yeah. fortunate that with the right planning, the right yeah. actors, the right yeah. steady cam operator, everything did come together so that we were able to have scenes that looked exactly the way that I mm. wanted them to look, that yeah. had the same, the movement and the feeling and the blocking. And from one shot to the next, there's like a minute, like not even a minute of like, just shift this light. There you go. Yeah, that's we've, right. We've, we've switched the line, and it's yeah. like, oh my god, look at yeah. it. Yeah. So we were fortunate in that way, just the practicality of it. But to come back to the the financing, it was it was then always on the strength of the footage that we you know we got into the cut and had a look at some bits and pieces, and we're like, wow, this is really strong. Let's approach some more. So how do you go about approaching? Because like, mm. I've like looked at different projects before and looked at like approaching investors and stuff, mm. and. It terrifies me. Like the yeah. idea of walking up to someone and being like, hey, I've got this thing. Yeah. Give me some money to make this thing. Yeah. Unfortunately, you're talking to the wrong guys. <laughs> well, yeah, yes and no. Look, uh, I yeah. mean, I've, I've certainly um, approached investors over the last 10 years for projects. I think that like in Space Time's case, we're very fortunate. Our producer Jai is uh, just a gun at uh, a machine. finding people. But he's. it's also, I think that, there's a lovely cycle that sort of it sort of feeds itself in that the material is great, so we get excited. Yeah. So that excitement is carried into yeah. Approaching. It's almost a perpetual motion machine. That's what just, I wanted. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Um. So the yeah the enthusiasm carries yeah. us into these pitches where it's contagious and they see the material and mm. they get excited and it all sort of feeds itself. Yeah. I think the thing whenever I talk to somebody about them approaching an investor to help with the project is they always seem to come from a place of We've got to trick this investor into believing in mm. the project. Yeah. And we've never had to with Space no. Time. It's always yeah. been like, hey, check out how cool this looks. Isn't yeah. that great? And because Jai and I have taken, you know, scenes of the the film and and shown it to investors there in, in our pitch and like, you know, bringing an iPad. And we can always tell when they are engaged because they start asking questions like, oh, she doesn't know that that's that yet, does she? And we're like, no, she doesn't. And, you know, <laughs> we're like miming a high five to each other. But uh, th- but th- that's not to say that, like, the film is strong. The film is strong because of our excitement for it. It, it all just sort of feeds itself. And it's it's easy to attract a crowd when there's already a bit of a, a crowd, yeah. I guess. So, Like I said, to, to me, the, the biggest lesson that I've learned with Space Time is, as I've said a few times now, is the mix. You've got to get a mix of everything you need action you need humor you need a bit of romance a bit of story and even behind the scenes you need a mix of you know the people who are really you know good with you like i just said the dop milan our steadicam guy like the crew for this film was just so good and then you also need people who are business minded and whatever and it's like i try to be i think i'm pretty good but you know michael and jai really do you know nail that stuff and then once you sort of have this machine moving it just keeps moving yeah. And it's it's almost becomes harder to stop it than <laughs> just to keep it going. Yeah, and I think like of the types of people that we're getting to work with um, that are getting behind the project, they want to see good movies. Yeah, they, they they are on the train. You know, they're really very much the kind of people mm. that they see space time like they they get excited by. Yeah. yeah, let's make a good movie. This yeah. would be great. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's it's just it's it's about making something that everyone. Yeah. Is excited by and talking about that what's your approach to the marketing and sort of because i mean you've got that uphill battle i guess because it's an aussie film mm. 
how sort of outside the box do you guys need to think in terms of your marketing on what I imagine would be a small marketing budget? What sort of things have you guys got planned? Well, I mean, the, the, the first thing, and this seems like the most obvious thing to me, Australian film shouldn't be a genre. Mm. And I think <laughs> that if you start with the assumption that your film is not an Australian film, it's a science fiction film. It's made in Australia. Mm. It's set in Australia in, for much of the plot, not all of it, but yeah. a large chunk of it. But I don't see us as... An Australian film. Yeah. Taxi Driver genre. didn't fit into the American film yeah, genre. Yeah. You yeah. Know, it was just it's just a great film. That's right. You know? So when you start with that frame of mind, I think that the steps become a little easier in terms of how you market it. Now that's not how you get money to have a huge marketing campaign. We're talking just about the approach. And as soon as you do that, everybody goes, Was this shot in Australia? Mm-hmm. Was this oh, it was. Okay, cool. Like that's something yeah. that becomes and that's a great thing, yeah. I think, because yeah. I, I really hate this idea um, and I think there are so many brilliant Australian films, of course, that have missed out on a larger audience uh, because they've been marketed as Australian films. Mm. Yeah. Red Dog should be marketed as an Australian film because it is it's a very, film. very quintessential. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You, you think about the first character of that film and it's Australia. Like, that's right, yeah. exactly. Um, but something like Space Time, we never say the word Australia. We mm. never feature any major Australian iconography. Mm. But the story makes perfect sense to be set in Australia. It's about these scientists that are going underground and trying to get off the radar and they set up this operation in the middle of mm-hmm. Australia. To, there's a story reason for it. So mm-hmm. there's never that, you know, we don't have a kangaroo hopping through yeah. the background or yeah. whatever. Yeah. So I think, yeah, from a marketing point of view, the attitude has always been what are other sci-fi films doing, not what are other Australian films doing. I think, you know, Adam, myself, Jai, we all have a real um, appreciation of uh, film marketing anyway. It's not the devil, it's the wow, how cool are posters? And, you know, we're sitting in a studio right now that we're surrounded by some incredible poster art. You know, Certainly it was. walls here. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's such an op- it's such an art in itself, creating images that are striking and that can tell a story and excite you. So that side of things is really appealing to us. And as a result, because we enjoy poster design and promotional materials and all the rest of it, we put as much love into the marketing side as we do into the production. On top of that, um, and I know, you know I'm not the only person to have enjoyed this. Like we've been so lucky that there have been filmmakers throughout time, especially over the last maybe five or ten years, that have really opened up the pulled back the curtain and showed the process of making it. You know, Peter Jackson and his video blogs, and Brian Singer did the same on Superman Returns, mm-hmm. and there are so many now that are just so exciting because you get the story of how it's come together, yeah, yeah, being told as it's coming together. So we did the same. We really tried to um, focus on not trying to be mysterious and aloof. You know, we don't show everything, yeah. um, but we, we've shown an awful lot and mm. we've built up a pretty significant following of people that are excited yeah, by the the making of and... Um, Unless you feel like you're a part of it. Yeah, exactly. If you, if you yeah. look at the Facebook page, it almost is the story of how we've kind of made the film because yeah. it's just video after video, like right from the beginning of like... And that was uh, that was also one of the early discoveries between Michael and I that we both had the exact same thing, which was a VHS tape when we were kids, mm. and we had just recorded anything to do with Star Wars, special yeah. edition leading into Phantom Menace. We were just so keen for that. All the same ads recorded. Yeah, the same Angela Bishop are. special. Do you remember, yeah, and... do you remember that Angela Bishop special where yeah. like this happened and that? And it's like we had the exact same VHS. And we, we made had, little like, covers for them. Yeah, and... that's right. It was great. <laughs> oh, the, awesome. the John Williams music videos in there. Yeah. It's like yeah, we've we've both and not not in terms of being savvy as kids of like how do you market a film? Just being so into it that it's obvious. It's just yeah. again, yeah. it's just something organic that we've come to you know this film and just been like well we know exactly how we want to market this film and i think like obviously we're not talking from the position of having successfully marketed it it hasn't yeah. come out yet we're yeah. just looking at it in terms of how we want to yeah. approach it but i think that the key to good marketing is good storytelling mm. and i think that whenever you are trying to lie to the audience and be like just distract them with a shiny thing mm. that's when they go eh, that doesn't seem like the real deal that sounds yeah. fake and that's when you see marketing of not not necessarily Australian films, any film that is pretending to be something it's mm-hmm. not. For us, it's, you know, you want your marketing to tell a story. You want your poster to tell a story. You want the line yeah. uh, when you're talking about the film to tell a story. Yeah. I think that taking the same approach to how we want to market it. And, you know, this is something that may be ripped out of our control if we yeah, do sell to a major distributor. But, but for the time so being, far it's good. Yeah. it's working out and it's well. and, and it's also fortunate that we do live in this time that l- 
as with the filmmaking is becoming easier, we're in this digital age where the tools are with us that, you know, you're asking, oh, how do you market this film? It's like, it's very obvious. You go on the internet and you tell people about it because yeah. <laughs> even even the films with, you know, a billion dollar budget, that's what their marketing people are doing. It's like, well, we're just going to kind of go on and make a website and direct people with links and stuff. Yeah. It's like that's that's what everyone's doing these days. Mm. That's the best way to get it out there. Yeah. I guess for a lot of the product strong enough that it will draw people's attention. Yeah, they, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. We also have a rule with everything that we put up on our social media that we never are repeating ourselves. We're never mm-hmm. yeah, that's putting cool. up information that's boring like if we're putting up a video it's to tell you something new if we're putting up an announcement or a a photo there's always a graphic the graphic is always something you haven't seen before it uses new photos like Mm -hmm. try and always keep it interesting which is approach at the same way storytelling boring story is the one that always loops back to the exact same beats the the one that's interesting and exciting is the one that has fresh new and much like a show you're trying to keep people on like on board so there are times where I think uh, a while ago it was like, well, we've, we've just been in editing. That's it. So what do we do? Like every single week have a video about editing. So you do take a bit of a gap but make sure there's something going on that yeah. every couple of weeks you can just put something out there if to you're be gonna, like, it's still going, guys. Yeah. If you're going to ask for the, an audience's attention, yeah. you want to make sure something that's going to yeah. hold it. Yeah. So I guess ultimately what it comes down to is um, how to make an Australian film. Make a good one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah look, just Basically. make a good one, eh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, just do it. Yeah. Easy as that. Yeah. Look, <laughs> Only 12 years in the making. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's fine. Yeah, that's right. Piss easy, eh? Yeah. Thing, I'll, I'll tell a story. Like, when I was in grade 11, I remember going, it was a school trip or something to Sydney, and I they had a Borders in Sydney, so we didn't have a Borders in Brisbane, I don't think, at the time. And uh, in there was a book called The Guerrilla Filmmaker's Guide. And it was like $70. Of course, in grade 11, I didn't have $70. So I called mum and I said, I found what I would like for my birthday. This book about guerrilla filmmaking, da-da-da. She transferred me the money so I could buy it. And I devoured it on the bus ride back. It was a school trip, so you take the bus down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, It was a 24-hour bus ride back to Queensland. And I devoured this book. And I started to panic reading it because it was so many people required and all these, this person will cost you that much and this will be this and that'll this be that. This is how much it costs to feed them. Yeah, and like, yeah. you know, you've got to shoot it. And it, it, this is also about 14 years ago. Mm. So it's like when you're making the choice between film and yeah. tape, yeah. Like, oh my God, how am I going to afford film? And, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. and I really, I remember as a 16-year-old panicking that, oh my God, it's impossible to make a film. This just can't be done. And then I spent 12 years, I suppose, sort of proving 16-year-old mm. me wrong by in that, well, you just start doing it. Yeah. And you will find these people. You just start making stuff that's of quality and in the right spirit, I should say, that people will, you know, if, if you build it, they will come. Mm-hmm. It, it really is in the doing and you can sort of will it all to, to come together, which I guess, you know, the, the real way to get your film made is just somehow I just stole that from Robert Zemeckis. That's, <laughs> his, that's his story. Of, um, wow. oh, no, sorry, no, it was George Lucas. On the bus? Advice. Yeah, yeah. That, was, that was George Lucas's advice to Robert Zemeckis. When okay. um, Zemeckis went to see him after graduating from UCLA, he went and showed his student film mm. and he said, oh, I want to be a filmmaker, I want to direct features. You know, How do I do it, George? And George says to Robert, somehow. And it's the yeah. thing. It is. Yeah, it's just somehow. It. Like there isn't a path, there isn't a definite yeah. way. Like what worked for us won't necessarily work no. for everyone else. But the takeaway is make something that's great that you mm. want to see. Don't go, well, I can't make the stuff I want to make, so I guess I have to make kitchen sink drama. Yeah. Again, kitchen sink dramas are fantastic. Oh, but, yeah. But, but if they're like, not well, what you want to make. Not, but yeah, yeah. But exactly. If they're not what you want to make, the yeah. audience knows. Yeah. yeah, I think that there's a few things um, I was going to say earlier, like with the mix. You've got to have a mix of the time to switch your brain on and the time to switch your brain off. Because I consider myself a very anxious person, and the number of times where you're like, "Well, we can't, we can't do that," because mm. that's, you know, that's just not going to work. And there are times where you just have to say, "No, we're jumping in and doing it." That's yeah. that mm. is what's happening. And you, you really do have to have the right amount of that blind confidence just to say, "We're going, we're doing it." But that's not blind confidence because we know the material strong because we spent the time in the writing, like. When we're talking about having the confidence to jump in, I mean, we're talking, this is a big set piece that requires a yeah, cast of that's 40, a, yeah, yeah, da, 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 da. Yeah. but like when I'm saying, don't worry, it'll be fine, yeah. it's because I'm like, no, I know this is yeah, an engaging yeah. scene yeah. and that whatever happens, if the truck falls through or this yeah. doesn't show up yeah. or that prop's not great, I know what they're saying yeah. is key and I know we can find a way to switch your brain on and work. back on and be like, okay, well, how do we solve that problem yeah. when it comes up? Yeah. So, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's all a mix. Cool, that's probably a pretty good place to, to yeah. wrap up. But no, like, thanks thanks for the, I mean, I suppose, like, it's it's interesting for us because, I mean, you know, we, for Sean and I, we're, you know, obviously we're podcasters mm-hmm. and, 
and playwrights and authors, but like film is something we haven't made no. too many inroads into. And we've we've spoken at points like you, me, Damo, and Tom and stuff about like maybe making a feature or maybe, you know, just casually making a feature or like yeah. or doing something or like yeah. looking for funding or anything. And it's never really come to anything. So like so it's good to have you guys here to like get a mm. bit of actual insight into somebody who's actually yeah. made an Australian film that, you know, again, Australian film's not a genre, but like yeah, something yeah, yeah. outside. It is still an Australian film. It is still an Australian <laughs> film, but like something outside, you know, the the general parameters of yeah. what um, an Australian film is assumed to entail, which is, yeah, really interesting. And it's been a really fascinating insight. So thanks for coming on the show. Well, yeah, thanks for having us. Our pleasure. No, Thank you. And, um, and so where can we find Space Time? Well, um, your best bet, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, Twitter, all uh, at Space Time Movie. Um, we have a website. It is spacetimemovie.com. So they're all your best bets to, uh, to find out more about the film. We've got our teaser trailer up there. And, yeah, we have our regular um, video updates, you know, showing the making of um, and photos and all the rest of it. Yeah, we keep it pretty up to date. Awesome. We'll put all that stuff in the show notes. Yeah, that will be there. Um, and we'll, uh, we'll be touring around with Supernovas around the country for the next few months. So. Cool. Yeah, that's right. When's your next one? Well, the next one is Sydney. Sydney. And I don't know when it is. I think it's <laughs> June. I think it's June. episode comes yeah. out yeah. Okay. whether that's going to be relevant. Oh, we'll okay. put it in the show notes. You yeah. might have missed it. Yeah. yeah. Look, build a time machine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just look for Supernova. Yeah. yeah, that's it. And on that note, I've been Gabe. I've been Sean. I've been Michael. I've been Adam. And yeah, if you guys have any questions about space time, obviously contact these guys or if you want to harass us, um, you can email us in at Movie maintenance at sanspantsradio.com. Is that correct? I Move- think so. I think, I think that's right. Anyway. Yeah. Um, otherwise, uh, at MM Sanspants is our Twitter handle, or personally, I'm at Gobergmoser. I'm at Sidekick of Dowie. You guys on Twitter? I think so. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't used it for so long. Just go, just space time. At just, space time yeah. movie. That's where all the good stuff is. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Cheers. See you next time. Thanks. for listening if you want to help support the show why not become a member at sanspantsplus.com and get early access to our shows a bunch of exclusive content and much much more that's sanspantsplus.com join us today during the jeep celebration event right now get 20 percent below msrp for an average of 15,178 under msrp on the purchase of a 2023 jeep grand cherokee overland 4xe or summit 4xe not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.